You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. I opened up this series uh, 10 parts ago. It's been a few more weeks than that because I, I was out two weeks. If you and I had never been to church, never watched Christian television, never read any books on this, we'd only read the Old Testament and the New Testament of the Bible. Um, look at these guys. These guys are awesome. Um, how many guys does it take to no, no, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, if, if we had never read anything except the new Testament and the old Testament concerning the Holy spirit, do you know how excited we'd be about the Holy spirit? And do you know what eager expectation, just pure expectations we'd have for him in our lives? And unfortunately, we've we've been on a tour of Christianity through our life and and experienced all kinds of extremes and differences and uh, emphasis and traditions and exclusion and and so forth. The road, the ditches, all of that. And just what we're endeavoring to do is to get back in the light of the word, get up in the road and just go from the word of God. I'm, I'm not going to tell you when this series will be over because I don't know when this series will be over. We're just going to take our time. I really can't think of anything more important to do on Wednesday night right now than to uh, learn all that we can about the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it just goes on and on and on and on. So we'll, we'll just go till I get that tap in my heart on my shoulder, so to speak. Um, we right now are focusing on what I believe to be his major uh, focus of ministry, and that's in the personal lives of believers. We are going to be talking about public gifts and manifestations, how all that operates, signs, wonders, miracles, um, the gifts of the spirit, um, all of those things. We'll be talking about those things, um, and learning properly how to do it. Because I'll tell you, I believe God's ideal for the church is to do it the Bible way. And we want to do it the Bible way. I don't want to be this tradition or that denomination or whatever. Let's just go with the Bible and truth. And you know the truth and the truth has set you free. And uh, that's that's where we're headed with this. Amen. Amen. And you do not need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said when he was leaving, he said, if I leave or when I leave you, I'm going to send another comforter. Everybody say another comforter. And that word, that phrasing in the Greek is actually saying, I'm sending one just like myself who will do in my absence what I would do for you if I were still here physically present with you. And he also said, it's better for you that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. So we don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes some of God's people get a little goofy with things. But we don't have to be concerned about who the Holy Spirit is. He's not going to come and turn you weird. You know, he's going to, he's going to work his holiness and a lot of powerful, beautiful things in and through your life. And so I'm very excited about this series. Amen. All right. I'm actually going to review a little bit. Some things that I believe are just paramount. These are so important uh, in our walk with God and our understanding of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Um, so some of this will be review, and then we're going to come back and focus in on, on one aspect here. First of all, you and I are to be spirit. Anybody remember? Huh? Born. Everybody say born. Everybody is to be born of the spirit. 
Jesus said, uh, well, let me read this to you from John chapter 3, verse 6 in the New Living. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So in the King James, the New King James says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. How many of you were born of the flesh? How'd some of y'all get here if you were? Okay. You were born of the flesh. Mama had a baby. Okay. And then that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that's when you're born again. And when you're born again, it is the spirit, the Holy Spirit, that regenerates, causes to come alive your human spirit. And so you and I are spirit born. And Jesus said regarding being born again, you should be. Come on, help me. You must be. And then he said, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again, because if you're not born again, then you're not going to see the kingdom of God here or there. And so you must be born again. And folks, if you're here tonight, it's not about, well, you are here. If you're here tonight and you're not born again, you must be born again. And here's a better way to put it. You get to be born again. I say it just about every Sunday. There's tens of thousands of religions, new ones coming out every day. But there is only one savior for mankind and he is Jesus Christ. And it's not about embracing a religion or a school of thought or whatever. There's so many twisted things out there. The savior, the savior, Jesus. And so you must be born again. So you with me so far. And then secondly, We are to be spirit. Anybody know? Spirit filled. (gasps) I didn't know I was in a spirit filled church. Yes. Spirit filled. Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 says this. Be filled with the spirit. One other translation says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Greek actually, it's a, a continuous repeated imperative command. And it's that you must be being filled so that you, why would you keep filling something? It's so that it would be full. And the problem is never with the Holy Spirit. The problem with us that we, for some reason, we have to keep being filled. Terminology, don't let it throw you off real quick here. We are to be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. There is one baptism in the Holy Spirit, not to be confused with water baptism, okay? And we're going to talk more about that in a couple of weeks here. Not to be confused with that, but to be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. And there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit, but there are many fillings, okay? Peter, on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, was among those in the upper room, and they were all Come on, a little better than that. They were all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, two chapters later, Peter is standing before the officials, and Acts chapter four verse eight, and says, "And Peter filled with the Holy Spirit." So he's filled again. Just two chapters later, and so there's that filling that came to help him because of the 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 role that he had to stand in in that point. Uh, to stand and to address them in such a, a powerful way. He needed, he needed help and power from on high. Now, both of these, both of these 
should be standard issue. Both of these are requirements. Now, I'm not trying to make rule out of this. I'm not trying to make that the dead. You got to do this and you got to do that. Not talking about that. But for you to really live an abundant life and to have impact and fruitfulness here on the earth, you now watch what scripture does. You must be, must be spirit born, born again. And then Ephesians 5.18, be filled in the Greek. It is an imperative command. It is a strong command. No other option for you. Do this. Why? It's for your own good. Now, we've talked about this over and over and over over the years of this church. The commands of God show us what gives us life and what takes life away. Amen. It's not these do's and don'ts and heaviness and checklists and all that kind of stuff. When he tells you to do something, that's going to give you life. He says, don't do that. Why don't do that? Because that will take life away from you. So this is priority for us. So we all should be. It's the goal. It's the goal for every believer to be spirit-born and spirit-filled. Amen. Now, when you're spirit-born, and, and we talk about getting saved, born again, or whatever, but for the flow of what I'm talking about tonight, that's why I'm using spirit-born, spirit-filled, and we've got two others that we'll look at in a moment. Um, when you're spirit-born, that makes you a temple or a vessel so that you can be spirit-filled. Follow me? See, once you're born again, you become a temple, you become a vessel, and now that's a place where the Holy Spirit can dwell and live, and, and you can be filled with the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 in the Message Bible, it says, You realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God, and God himself is present in you. Now, I just like the way they emphasize that. You realize, don't you? Now, most of the other translations bring out this. You, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? So let me just tell you, because it's, it's an obvious thing in, in Corinthians. Two times, very strong terms, Paul says to them, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, this is significant because... They had some real carnal issues. They had some problems, some behavioral problems and some values that were majorly skewed. And he said, I'm going to tell you what your problem is. And so let's bring it way forward. We sang a song that's 120 years old. So let me bring a message to you that's older than that. You know what your problem is? Our problem is when we forget that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. I guarantee you wouldn't watch some of the stuff you watch if you're aware of. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't conduct ourselves in some ways, in some settings, if we would remember. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit dwells in me. So it's a very, very important thing. Now, we are Spirit-born. We are Spirit-filled. Thirdly, does anybody remember? We are Spirit-led. Spirit-led. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, that word, that phrase there, led by, for as many as are led by the Spirit, 
That's a present participle. It literally is saying this. Those that are continually being led. Continually being led. Everybody say, I am continually being led. Now, that's the goal. Now, when you're truly being led, you do what? You follow. How many of you know that sometimes there is a leading and we're not following? You know, it's like on a field trip with your class. Stay with your group. Okay? And, and in the same way, a lot of times there's leading. The Holy Spirit is trying to guide us. He's trying to lead us. And we're not, we're not uh, following real good. How many of you would suspect you've done that before? Okay, good. It's all the people that were born of the flesh. Uh, that figures. John, six, uh, John 16 verse 13 says, however, Jesus is speaking here. He says, however, when he, the Holy Spirit. So, hey, there's something right there. Holy Spirit's a he. Okay. And that's just because everybody's so PC, politically correct and this and that. Just know that. The, and don't be offended. Helen Reddy said that God is a she. Helen Reddy is not even on the charts anymore. Okay. Let me keep going. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Whatever he hears, he will speak. Who is he hearing from? He's hearing from the father God. But notice this, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. He will guide you. So we are spirit born, spirit filled, spirit led. And then the last one, spirit, what spirit formed. Spirit formed. All right. Now I want to really get these in you. Okay. We are spirit, spirit, spirit. And spirit, good. Y'all are awesome. Now, spirit formed, Galatians chapter 6, excuse me, 4, verse 19. Paul said, my little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is, help me, formed in you. The message Bible says until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives. The New Living Translation says until Christ is fully developed In your lives. And so when Christ is formed in us, it's all a work of the Holy Spirit and us cooperating with him. That's the goal. What is a Christian? The, The very origins of the word have to do with being a little Christ. A little Christ. And so we are to be like him. Come on. We're. We're not just to follow his example, say his stuff, have Jesus on our t-shirt, you know, have a cool poster or bumper sticker, show up to church. It's not do all the stuff, have all the stuff. It's to be like Jesus. Come on, it's to be like Jesus. And it's not so much something that, okay, here, I'm going to do this, do this, do this. It's this whole thing working together. I'm born again. I'm spirit born. I'm spirit filled and spirit led. And the result of that is I will be spirit formed. The life of Christ will be formed in me, in you, and we'll start to have his character. 
Not just, oh, what would Jesus do? You'll know what Jesus would do. And you'll have his personality. I believe that Galatians 5, 23 and, uh, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, is actually a, a description of the character and the personality traits of the Holy Spirit. So that we would have in our life virtually automatically love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That we would be like him. Spirit formed until Christ is formed in us. Okay, you still tracking? Okay. Now, number one and number two. This is what I call legal. Legal. And that this could be maybe in the documents of heaven. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That this could be documented that I'm spirit born and spirit filled. Where this would be legal then this would be vital where the legal is lived out in my life. I'm going to say something. This might shock you. Okay. And I've observed it and you have observed it. It is possible to be spirit born and spirit filled and not be spirit led and not be spirit formed. I've actually observed some people and I know Having prayed with them and observed them or know their story, spirit born, spirit filled and no change. No change. Legally going to heaven. Going to live their life defeated, confused. You say, well, are they really going to heaven? Listen, I'm not the judge. And guess who else is not the judge in this room tonight? Okay. We are not. And there's all kinds of schools of thought on that. And I'm not even going to go there right now. But in 1 Corinthians, Paul acknowledges that they are indeed children of God. But then he talks about something here in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Watch this carefully. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able for you are still carnal for where there are envy, strife and divisions among you. Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? That means acting like people that wouldn't be born spirit born or spirit filled. The, the Amplified Bible adds at the end of that, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. So it's possible for a person to be born again and spirit filled and there to be no noticeable change in their priorities. That to me is where change shows up. It's your priorities. Not what you do for two days, but a change in your priorities, a change in your values. A change in your consistent behavior and, and manner and demeanor and, and all of those things. So it's possible to be born again, spirit born, spirit filled, and be carnal, strifey, prideful, divisive, impatient, out of balance, out of control. How many of you know that? Come on, how many of you really know that? I mean, I observe it, you observe it. So what on earth do we need to do? Well, you must be born again. 
and you are by command, be filled with the spirit. But here's where the real difference takes place. The real difference takes place. You ready? Right here. So if there's anything that you and I want to give ourselves to. All right, you better be born again. You better be filled with the spirit. But here's the real deal spot where life change is going to happen for you and the people you can impact. Is that you and I become spirit led. I'm going to wait on you. That we would be spirit led. This is where the change takes place. When you're spirit led consistently spirit led, you will eventually be spirit formed. Now. In Romans chapter 8, verse 12 through 14, let me read this to you real quick. Therefore, brethren, everybody say, that's me. We are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. Who's he talking to? He's talking to believers. So is it possible for somebody born again, spirit born, spirit filled to live according to the flesh? Mere human standards, okay. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, but if by the spirit you put to death, the deeds of the body or the flesh, you will live for as many as are led, many as are led by the spirit of God. These are the sons of God. So let's look at a couple of things. First of all, and this is awesome. And I declare this just about every morning of my life. Let me, let me read this to you. We are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. It also means this in the new living translation, it says this, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So I say just about every day, I am not obligated to the flesh to do what the flesh wants to do. How many of you know that throughout the day, the flesh tells you what it wants to do. I want to sleep. I want to cuss. I want to fight. I want to steal. I want to be ugly. I don't want to go to church. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to cheat. I want to be this. I want to, whatever it would be. That's what your flesh wants to do. And you know what? If you're not aware of it, you think, I felt it. I feel it really strong. I guess I have to do it. You and I are under no obligation to the flesh. And you can tell the flesh, like a spoiled little kid, no. We're not going there. We're not doing that. Hush. And how many of you know with a spoiled, rotten kid, sometimes you have to keep telling them. Okay. So, verse 13 says, if you do live according to the flesh, you'll die. Which really means this. You'll not enjoy or experience life. The life of the spirit. He said, but you through the spirit, his power, his help in our life, we're able to overcome the deeds of the flesh. And then in verse 14, it says that those that are led by the, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I want to take just a moment on this. Those who are led, everybody say led. Now get a hold of this. Now, this is priority. This is priority that we be spirit led. And, and I'm pushing you a little bit on that. I'm aware of that because you've got to walk out of here knowing how important this is. What a difference that this will make in your life and every life that you, you can influence. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. This word led here means to continually 
uh, you are continuously being led or brought along by the Spirit. So if I was, if I had somebody right here and I'm leading them, I'm bringing them along with me. And if, you know, how many of you remember Lassie? You know, Lassie would come and bark and throw a throw. What? The barn's burning and Farmer Brown's in there? What? The bad guy took his lunchbox? You know, Lassie was awesome. And, and then Lassie would lead him along. You know, and Lassie would take off. And I'm in no way comparing the Holy Spirit and Lassie. You understand? I'm talking about being led. <laughs> okay. No. Don't confuse those two. But he'd go a little bit and he's come, come on. And the Holy Spirit is trying to bring us along. He's trying to bring us along. So if we're going to be led by the Spirit, what does that mean? First of all, let's look at it in an objective sense. He will lead you in objective ways, which means that's verifiable. So that means that when you and I obey scripture, how many of you would think that's, that's following, that's being brought along by the spirit. When you consciously endeavor to do the right thing, this is objective. It's verifiable. Another person could look on and go, yeah, yeah. So we have the objective leading of the spirit, which is the word of God and consciously Trying to do the right and the godly thing. Then you have, and this is where we get off sometimes, the subjective. It's not so verifiable. But this is the promptings of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever been prompted of the Holy Spirit before? Uh, How many of you have ever, boy, I've got an incredible miracle story I could tell you right now, but I don't have permission yet. But it really involved the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I can tell you. I'll see if I can get permission and share with it, share with you on Sunday. Plus, also on Sunday, uh, there's a rumor that Gavin Gilligan is going to make an appearance on the stage. So I just want to just want to share that. Anyway, back to our back to our message. Uh, um, and I don't know which service will come to both. No, no, no. Subjective are the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the whispers of the Spirit, the reminders of the Spirit. Have you ever been, I mean, just suddenly remember something? Or you feel prompted, hold up just a little better. I've got to call that person. And the Holy Spirit, he is able to, in subjective ways, whisper, prompt, encourage, bring you along. Those things. Thank God for it. Come on. Thank God for it. But he will never. Also, how many of you have had him say, cut it out. And, and then just kind of put a smudge on your piece on the inside. And you're like, uh, it's like he's, you know, twisting. You. I ain't letting go to you. All right. All right. I won't. And that's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And that's subjective. And let me tell you, those promptings, those reminders, those whispers of the Holy Spirit, listen to me and listen good on this, will never be contrary to the Word of God. Now, big decisions, major decisions 
or unusual leadings that you would have, please get a hold of this. There's so many people that have ended up in the ditch because they didn't live by this. If you have major decisions to make or you sense an unusual prompting to do something, you need to get, you need to get in the safety of godly counsel. You need to find not just one, but maybe two or three people that you know to have a solid, consistent walk with God. You hear me? They're not, they're not depressed. They're not flipping out. Their, their life shows blessing and fruit and consistency. Find some solid people. Please hear me. And bounce it off of them. You know, because if you get this wild thing, you know, I feel like the Lord's telling us to paint our house deep purple. And all day Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm just supposed to stand in the middle of Walmart. Praise God. You know, you're having flashbacks. And I joked about it a few weeks ago, you know, you're, you're driving along and four cars from Alabama pass you. You see four tech, honey, we're moving to mobile. Bounce this off somebody, get in the safety of godly counsel. Get in the safety of that. Proverbs talks about it. It's just, it's vital that you do that. So anything that's a major decision or an unusual prompting, you need, you need to go to, I had a pastor friend of mine from Texas call me the other day just to bounce some things off of me. And he says, you're one of the guys that, that I go to. And he said, I need to bounce this off to you. And so I listened to him. I listened to him for about 35 minutes. I asked him a few questions. And he said, what do you think? And I said, brother, I could not have drawn out a better situation for this to happen. It just, I had peace by the Holy Spirit. So he will be painting his house deep purple. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. All right. Let me take just a moment longer. Those that are led by the Spirit, brought along by the Spirit. So, so it's objective, which means it's going to be in line with God's word. Verifiable with God's word, conscious efforts to obey and do the right and godly thing. That is led of the spirit. And then anything that's that prompting, that whisper, that, that leading of that reminding of the Holy Spirit on the inside. Oh, what would we do without those things? And be listening for that all the time. Be listening for that. He'll guide you in those things and it will never be contrary to the word. Major decisions or any unusual prompting that you kind of sense, bounce it off good, godly, sound counsel. Amen. So we're spirit-born, spirit-filled, spirit-led. And I've got two little things I just need to wind up for you here real quick. It says that those that are led or being led or brought along by the Spirit of God, these are the who? Everybody say it again. The what? Son. Say it one more time. The what? The sons. Now, don't be offended at the gender there. That right there has to do with um, a child of God, but it is not gender specific. It's just the way the Greek language was. So it's sons and daughters, sons and daughters. Aren't you glad? 
Okay. Now, if you look down at verse 16 of Romans chapter 8, it says this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the what? The children. Say it again. Children. Children of God. Now, those that are led, follow me. This is this is a big point here. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. But the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, the word children right here is the same word that's used in John 1, 12, To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called the children. Children. And it simply means this. Offspring. Born of. And it has to do with that you were born and you have relationship. Born and you have relationship. So that's really just spirit born. But those that are spirit led are the sons and the daughters. And it's a total different word in the Greek. And it actually literally, and the lexicons bring this out, mature. Mature enough to take on adult family privileges and responsibilities and mature to dignify the relationship. So maturity. Now, there's an old saying that if you're wise, you do wise things. And if you do wise things, you'll become wise. So the mature are led by the spirit. Get this part. But if you're led by the spirit, you'll become mature. And so what you and I have to do, how many of you know that I'm not, probably you're not fully mature. Don't say nothing. We're still growing. And you may not be, let's take it back to wisdom. You may not be all wise, but you can do wise things. And in the process of doing wise things, you become more and more wise. And we may not be fully mature. Christ may not be fully formed in us. But if we continue and consistently are led, he's going to be more and more formed in us. You must be born again. Be filled with the spirit. But the real difference that's going to happen in your life and in order for Christ to be formed in you, you and I are going to consistently have to be led by his spirit. Let me just say this and then, Tommy, where are you? If you'll come back. There are a number of things that help you to kind of tune your spirit to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Everybody stay with me. Um, when I was in high school, I didn't have one, but my buddies had one CB radio. And we had a guy that lived a couple of places down from us. He had ham radio and he had their shortwave or whatever they call it. And he had these big antennas and he wore weird hats and you know, his wife was always yelling, come to eat. No, I can't. I'm talking to Cuba, you know, but I'd go over there and bug him and listen, listen to stuff and all. But you kind of, you know, and, and it kind of, it would kind of zero it in and dial it in. I mean, even though that sometimes we can, now we have just buttons. We just push buttons on a radio and there it is. And there it is. But you used to have to, some of you that remember with me, you used to have to just turn and, oh, too far. Oh, too far. You know, and you just get right in there and you have to tune, tune in. Well, we're still on this. 
with us learning to really hear the Spirit of God. I wish it was push button. Maybe by Christmas. But we're getting better at it. Amen. There are a number of things that help you to tune. I want to just share two of them with you real quick. Get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. And secondly, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. And when you pray in your prayer language, it tunes. I know it does it for me. It tunes my spirit more and more to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm just more receptive. I can receive better. I just know better that he's prompting me, that he's reminding me. And it's so important. Folks, this is what we have to give ourselves to. Make sure you're born again, spirit born. Make sure you're spirit filled. And before we leave here tonight, or I'm going to pray in just a little bit and we'll dismiss. Pastor Scott, be right over here. Do you have that, those materials ready? We have books that we give to you free. That will give you, answer some questions on being filled with the Spirit or your prayer language I've talked about. We've got some people, if you want them to pray with you, they'll be glad, glad, glad to, to do that. So important. Make sure you're born again, Spirit born, Spirit filled. But folks, listen to me. This is where you've got to really dial it in. Husband and wife, did you know that maybe y'all can, maybe this doesn't happen at your house, but maybe you're having a little disagreement. Does that ever, does that happen? Do y'all know anybody? Got one honest brother. He just got hit. Um, Did you know in the middle of that, instead of giving in to the flesh? Oh yeah, well. Or do all the stuff we do. Did you know that you can kind of tune in a little bit? Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Did you know he might? tell you something that might work this thing out a little better what about a business deal what about you know i've been looking for a job or i've been trying to deal with this part of the miracle that hopefully i can have permission to share with you on on sunday had to do with this that god knew where something was that man did not know people involved did not know where it was god knew where it was and it's amazing thing how god did Listen, God knows where open doors are. God knows where jobs are. God knows. And some of you say, I've been looking for a husband or a wife forever. Maybe you've been looking in the wrong place. Brush your teeth, pray, and see what God does. Okay? All right. I better stop. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight? All right.